This is Fantasy Baseball Today here on Wednesday, December 6th. I am in Fort Lauderdale sitting across from two lovely gentlemen. Chris Towers, who is very blue. Fifty Shades of Blue. In Three. terms of what he's wearing or yeah. his mood? His, no, his, a li- his, his bit of both, to be honest. Oh, okay. matter, Chris? Downer today. Just, just, you know, seasonal affective disorder. It's winter in Fort Lauderdale. Oh, my. It's, it's in the <laughs> 70s. <laughs> I was in New York yesterday, you psycho. It's, here's Scott White. What's up, Scott? Adam, I'm kind of blue too because nothing is happening. It's a completely like <laughs> stagnant off season. It's good. No, we got some breaking stuff. down Mike Miner's. <laughs> you know his his what the Rangers paid him is kind of depressing in its own right, right? But that's a news item, Scott. Think of look at on the bright side. We have something to talk about, and More we're going like to go through uh, yeah. Mike Major Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to go through rounds. We did like rounds one through three yesterday or last week, rather. We'll go through the rest today. We'll try give you the best and worst picks and just talk about some players. And uh, yeah, and we've got oh, we have holiday movie themes, movie names okay, based good. on baseball players. Good. So, okay. Yeah, that should be fun. Uh, again, we did a 12-team head-to-head points mock draft and talked about our teams on the last show. We won't focus on our teams, just focus on some of the draft picks and give you an idea of where guys are going. And there is a write-up on the website. Scott wrote it up, and uh, yeah, read all about it. So here's email of the day number one at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. It is from Zach, and he said, To use this soon-to-be-overused team name, show hey the money! That's good. That's that's a good one. Yeah, you guys like that? Show he's uh, he's first. Remember when people used to write first at the bottom of articles? Yep. Zach is first to this name. Shohei the money. And he is down to, and these are our news and notes, seven teams. Angels, Mariners, Dodgers, Giants, Padres, Rangers, and Cubs. I think it's all a ruse. As he will fake everybody out and sign with the Yankees. <laughs> Convinced. I just I, love how how angry Yankees fans were at I, them. Like, like the New York Post called him a coward. <laughs> they like, really? Like there's there's, yeah. there's no justification the for why somebody wouldn't want to play for the Yankees. Well, there isn't. I mean, I agree with that. But he's not a coward. Uh, I, I just mean, I love that Brian Cashman broke that story after like. He was like climbing the outside of a building. He does that every year. Racing he, the Grinch. He repels. <laughs> what? It's a what fundraiser. It's like a fundraiser. He repels it's down like, a building. He's like yes. breaking the news <laughs> to New York Yankees fans. Hey, we're not going to get this generational prospect while like some <laughs> looking at Grinch costume is behind him. It was phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that was um, that was surprising for sure. But he wants to be preferably on the West Coast. He wants to train in Arizona. And he's got uh, five West Coast teams plus the Rangers and the Cubs. I hope he goes to the Cubs because I, I think it would – I just don't want they him to – already have Kyle Schwarber. I don't want him to, to waste away. Like, baseball needs this. And that's why I was hoping he would go to the Yankees. Selfishly, yes, but also – I, I hope he goes to the good. Angels. With Trout? Like, if you're talking about, like, the most marginal value that he, could pro- that he could provide to a team, it's definitely a team like the Angels who, like – 
are a couple of elite pieces away. I don't well, care about that. I just me, care what, about the impact on baseball. What I just want him to shine. About the Angels is Mike Sosha seems like probably the least innovative manager, at least the, the most traditionalist manager of, of just all these teams. Just because he's been managing them since the 80s? The Dodgers and Cubs are two of the most innovative organizations in baseball. So I, I feel like they would come up with a good plan to maximize Otani's output and, and uh, get the most out of each role that he'd be filling. Um, but, you know, from, from what, I've, what I've seen from a few different sources, there is less skepticism within the game that he can do both of these than people outside the game like us who think, oh, we, he's got to go to the right situation for them to even give him the chance of doing this. No, every team wants him to do this. But in Japan, he did not hit every day. No, I think he, he hit, what, twice a week or three times a week uh, out of six games. Right. It, it was, it was mo- something like that. It was, And, and he I'll only pitched was once three. a week, which is true of all starters in Japan. Yeah. Uh, there, Whoever signs Otani is going to have to have more or less a six-man rotation. I mean, it. I don't know that... It'll be you know six guys in order every turn through, but it, it, they're not going to have to build in enough rest for him to to have a chance to bat. I mean, the day after he pitches, trying to swing a bat then is probably out. Right. So that's one day right there. There's going to be a day when he throws a side session. So he took he took two days off before pitching. So I think he. I think he hit three days a week, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah, something like that. Maybe four if he hit the day if he hit the same day he pitched. Right. Um, no, I think it was three. But anyway, they only had they didn't have seven day weeks. So let's say he hits four times a week. Uh, I don't think you're not going to want the show if we decided in CBS to do the hitter and the pitcher version. You're not going to want the hitter version if he's not a full time hitter. Not, and even no. if we do, I, 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 one other possibility, and it does seem like the two versions of Otani, two you know, a hitter Otani and a, and a pitcher Otani is the most likely thing that's going to happen. But, you know, if we go the route that Otani is dual eligible and you can choose whether to get his hitting stats or his pitching stats for that week, even then, when are you going to choose the hitting stats? So, so it's, it's a much more interesting, I think, real-life baseball story yes. than fantasy. What is interesting there is, Scott, you were asking me, I think maybe earlier today, if there's, like, stat cast data for uh, Japan, or maybe you were asking me yesterday. Apparently there is. There is a piece on MLB.com. They do have the TrackMan uh, scouting video system. And, um, you know, his average fly ball last season on exit velocity was 94.3 miles per hour. The major league average was 91.2. His average line drive was 96.6 miles per hour. The major league average was Mm. 92.9. so he draws nice. comps to guys like Freddie Freeman, Jock Peterson, Joey Gallo, J.D. Martinez, Joanna Cespedes, Anthony Rizzo. Um, That's pretty good. The issue is he strikes out quite a bit. Um, I think he struck out like 22% of the time, the average. In, or he struck out like 26% of the time last season. The average in Japan's like 19% of the time. So I actually, Jock Peterson could actually be a really interesting comp for his offense. But Jock Peterson playing three times a week, like you said, yeah, doesn't I, have. Much I mean, value. I don't. It, it sounds like even if Sho, uh, Shohei Otani was just a hitter, like pitching wasn't even something he was capable of, he would be getting. Yeah. You know, he he would be a nine million, a, a nine figure type signing. Yeah. You know, if if the rules allowed that, 
uh, just as a hitter. So, you know, one thing to keep in mind, he's only 23 right, years old, right. and he's already established himself as one of the – an offensive force in Japan. Um, yeah, e- every team wants him to play both ways, and the the impact that it has on the rest of the roster is going to be just as interesting as the impact of, of Otani himself. Four-man bench. Well, I think if he, goes, if he goes to an NL team, it allows your manager to pinch hit for for the pitcher mm-hmm. without burning a position player, which is a night if you know you're or only, you don't you're have only to, or Otani. you don't have to carry an extra position player. Yeah, a lot of teams just carry a pinch hit guy. Right, right, yeah. So, all right, we'll see what happens. We should know pretty soon. At the very at the longest, it'd be like three weeks from now, less than that. So it looks like he's you know. Uh, her, Hastily, not hastily, but quickly making a decision and narrowing it down, blah, 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 whatever. Yes, Shohei Otani, hopefully we'll know soon. Mike Miner, uh, he signed with the Rangers for a lot of money, and last year he had a 255 ERA, a 1.02 whip, more than a strikeout per inning as a reliever. Are they going to try him as a starter, yes. though? Yes, that is apparently he why. he be their closer. That is apparently why it. he chose the Rangers. I saw a report that the Cubs offered him the same amount of money uh, to be a reliever slash closer. And he wants to start. He wants another chance. And he sh- right, I mean, he deserves it. He he was a really good starter in, in, back in 2013. Went 13 and nine with a 3.21 ERA, 1.09 WHIP. Really seemed like he was on an upward trajectory. I think we were drafting him among the top 20 pitchers in fantasy that following year. Had some shoulder troubles. You know, moving back to the rotation. You know, he he threw about three miles per hour harder on average as a as a reliever than he did earlier in his career but, as a starter. But he's also remade himself in in other ways. The slider is now his primary secondary pitch as opposed to a changeup. He still used three pitches as a reliever last year. I think this is a transition that can happen, and provided he's it able could be to a Danny be Duffy healthy. situation where yeah, he absolutely. sustains that velocity, which we've right. seen. He you know. he is now my number two Sparp heading into next season behind Peacock, who's you know the obvi- a, a distant number one. It's just like I I know that the Rangers are going to announce a closer and then he's going to suck and he's going to be gone in two weeks. Just <laughs> just make it Mike Miner and like let's just save the suspension. It happens. Like, Adam, there's har- hardly been any off season so far. But, you, you sure the Rangers aren't going to get another? It, he'll flame out. They, possibility. They, they changed their closer. Well, why year. are you so sure Mike Minard be a gym in that role? Look what he did last year. He was well, terrific in look relief. Look at the, the other reliever that they're going to get who we don't know yet. Uh, I'm just look what joking. he did last I'm just year. joking around. It's Mr. not funny. Why? <laughs> Ooh, God, you really are teal today. Uh, Dallas Keiko apparently was, pit- was pitching through a foot injury mm-hmm. in the second half. Very injury-prone man. Weird that he decided to tell everybody that it happened during the parade, but ESPN reported right before the podcast, uh, pitched with an undisclosed injury in his left foot during the second half of the season and throughout the postseason. Now, how do you feel about him, that he's amazing? I mean, what are we going to – we're going to keep doing this? Just like every no, well, time – you know he was pitching Every hurt. time he's not good. It was uh, – yes. Oh, he's hurt. Why is that? He's clearly one of the best pitchers in baseball. So if he's bad, he must not be right. He needs to stop pitching hurt. I would agree. Uh, Detroit signed Leonis Martin to a one-year contract. And the Cardinals signed starting pitcher Michael Michaelis. Miles Michaelis. I made his name even weirder. Oh, is it Michaelis? Yeah, Miles Michaelis. Ah. To a two-year, what did you think it was? Mikolas? Mikolas. I liked liked Mikolas. Mikolas. Reminded me of Mikolas from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh yeah, uh, two years, fifteen point five million dollars, and in Japan he had a two eighteen ERA. 
in three seasons as a starting pitcher. Last year, 225 ERA, a .98. He doesn't walk anybody. He doesn't strike out a lot of guys. And Miles Michaelis was really bad in three years in baseball in MLB, 532 ERA. So are the Cardinals working their Cardinal devil magic here, or are we completely ignoring him? <laughs> what, what are we doing? Well, I mean, he, he was good in Japan, obviously. Uh, it was a, lot, a lot of it was built on control, his strikeout rate. Uh, was a little less than a K per nine, which, which you know, to me is kind of discouraging, especially that it was happening against a, that lower level of competition. So, you know, it, it it's always hard to figure out exactly how these guys are going to perform when they, they return from a, a foreign league where they dominated. I mean, it, it's going to be worse than the numbers they put up elsewhere. I think that's fair to assume, but it was kind of my, my process for ranking uh, Michaelis was basically close my eyes and turn my finger in circles and then point. <laughs> and with that method, he wound up being 97th in my starting pitcher rankings, just behind CC Sabathia, Jason Vargas, just ahead of Reynaldo Lopez and Andrew Heaney. So, uh, you know, I'm not ruling him out making a, a mixed league impact next year, but I don't think he's going to be an impact mixed league arm. All right, Miles Michaelis. There's your name to know and how to pronounce it. So before we get into the draft, here's email of the day number two. It comes from James, who's currently residing in Florida. Good for you, James. Dear C, B, and S. You guys are BS. Happy holidays. I've heard <laughs> the past few podcasts. Clearly, Chris. With your holiday theme. Oh, yeah. With your holiday theme fantasy baseball names. I wanted to get in on the fun. I've been watching these fantasy baseball-themed holiday movies, such as How A.J. Hinch Stole Christmas, The Santana Claus, <laughs> Miracle on Houston Street, The Solar Express, A Trevor Story, Single All the Way, Glove Actually, and Ernesto Frieri Saves Christmas. Uh, as well as listening to these fantasy baseball themed holiday tunes, Otani Ye Faithful. I don't know Good that one. one. What's that That's one? Good. Oh, come all ye faithful. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll Steal Home for Christmas. Sure. Babe, if it's cold outside. Yes. J.T. Snow, J.T. Snow, <laughs> J.T. Snow. Yes. All I want for Christmas is why you, you, and hark the Anaheim Angels swing. What about I saw Otani kissing Santa Claus underneath? Yeah. I, I don't know. I saw Mommy kissing Santa Claus. I don't know that song. That one's that a perverted song, yeah. Chris. <laughs> wow. It's, it's one of the more questionable Christmas songs out there. Well, right? I, 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 guys, I don't, I don't want to, like, disturb anyone, but... Santa's not real. So the point of the song <laughs> is kids. that Santa's dressed up like Dad is dressed, Dad up, is dressed up as Santa. Well, I don't That's, know. The, the, I don't, I, boy I'm sorry to I'm sorry to, to it, what a laugh it would have been if Daddy had only seen that. That leads me to assume Dad is also hanging around at this party and he just happened didn't happen to be looking <laughs> in that moment. Yeah, I don't know. A lot of most songs about Santa Claus presume that Santa Claus is real, Chris. Um so, A Miracle on Houston Street was in there, yeah. right? Uh, we're missing an obvious one. What's that? Jermaine Diehard. Jermaine Diehard. <laughs> this is like a Hall of Fame email. Shut up, Chris. <laughs> this is amazing. Email. Yeah, it's terrific. <laughs> How the Hinch Stole Christmas? I mean, that's... that's. I mean, he is basically the, Gr the Grinch to Dodgers fans this year, right? Yeah, I, like guess, I would say fitting. so. What, Glove, actually? Glove, actually, is good, yeah. No, that, these are. Uh, did you come up with that, or are you quoting from the Was email? that in there? And I don't. We yes. don't have the email. Right? Sing, glove, single actually. all the way. That whole phrase is a baseball phrase. Yeah, glove actually was in there, Chris. So 
Uh, Ernesto Frieri saves Christmas is great. Uh, all right, let's, uh, let's get to the draft. Rounds four and beyond. I will ask you guys for the best and the worst picks. And let's get started as I scroll up. And I just want to tell you that if you own a Mac computer and you don't have a mouse, you have a terrible, terrible device. And you should throw the computer. I just hate everything about Max. Um, wow. They, they suck. Bust, take. Buster Posey is the first pick of round four. This is 12 team points, head to head. One catcher, three outfielders, no corner infield, no middle infield, five starting pitchers, two relief pitchers. Of course, first, second, third, and shortstop. All right, Buster Posey, Carlos Carrasco, Cody Bellinger, Nelson Cruz, who's DH only. But. If they sign Otani, Cruz would theoretically pick up outfield eligibility fairly early. Yep. Um, Anthony Rendon, Luis Severino, Robbie Ray, Hugh Darvish, Marcel Ozuna, A.J. Pollock, Reese Hoskins, Chris Archer. All right, one more time, just so everybody can try to remember them. There's a quiz later for all you listeners. Posey, Carrasco, Bellinger. Cruz, Rendon, Severino, Ray, Darvish, Ozuna, Pollock, Reese Hoskins, Archer. Best pick, Chris Towers. Uh, the best pick, it can't. I, I think it's Luis Severino. Okay. Yeah. I think Scott's there pick. is. Fist bump. Uh, for me, it's either that or Anthony Rendon. Um, I just think those are two guys who, if they just do what they did last year, and it might. Might be the best seasons of their career. Luis Severino throws hard. He's a pitcher. Um, it's possible that he just blows up. But if those guys just do what they did last year, you're getting two surplus va- rounds of value from them. Blows up. The way you use it could be uh, good or bad. Yes. I think he meant it the bad way. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And it's always true. A pitcher could blow up. I, I actually think Bellinger's the best pick. And I'm you know, being even deeper into the ranking process than I was just a week ago when we podcasted. About this draft, Bellinger, I can tell you precisely where he is in my ideal draft, and it's at the two-three turn. Much less here in round four. Um, I think the gap between him and Aaron Judge is so small that for a while I had Bellinger ranked ahead. I since talked myself out of it, but uh, Springer's part of that discussion too. And, and to me, all three of those guys are borderline second, third rounders. Just uh, in the interest of full disclosure, you took me totally by surprise when you asked me for my pick because I was not paying attention. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, I you was, knew what uh, we were doing. Well, I was trying to come up with more. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Did you come up with any? Cody Silver Bellinger. Uh, and the Nightmare Balfour Christmas. Thank you very much. Yeah, Chris is so bad slash good at this. <laughs> uh, you know, there's another guy in this round that if he just does what he did last year would be one of the best picks in fantasy, and that's Marcelo Zuna, who went 45th sure. overall. Ozuna, we used to see him, him hit around 260 or so. He hit 312 last year, 37 home runs. Um, and, you know, 312 with 37 home runs is pretty similar to what he did in the first three months of 2016. He hit 314 with 16 home runs, about half the season. And then he got hurt around that time, and he slumped. Is he legit? Because if he is, end of round four is an amazing value for Ozuna. Well, I, it, He's it's not, hard for me to call him a – like, I don't think there were any terrible picks this round. He's my 13th outfielder going into next year. So, I mean, he, to, to me, it's too early to take him. It's, he, his, he, 
his his output depends on a high BABIP, and he's never going to walk much. So you could see the downside. I mean, he well. last year he got above he, to an above average walk rate for the first time in his career. The one thing I will say is he's he's not going to have a season as good as last year. I think ever again, uh, and that that doesn't necessarily mean he won't play as well as he did last year. It's just he's not going to drive in 124 yeah, runs exactly. again. He's probably not going to hit 37 home runs again. Um, 124 RBIs, unbelievable. Yeah, and and that's also with 93 runs scored. Uh, he had a an outstanding season, but a lot of that was the top of the Marlins lineup was really really good, and it's not it's not going to be as good next year. We know that. There's a I would say a decent chance he's not in the Marlins lineup either way next year. Um, Stanton or Ozuna? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, the other thing I'll say, last thing here, is that, you know, maybe it feels a little early for some people with Ozuna. Maybe it doesn't. Outfield is not that good, and the next outfielder off the board is like 12 picks later, 13 picks later. It's Joanna Cespedes followed by Andrew Benintendi. I don't want to Well, the next that guy. The next? One pick later. I missed one? Uh, AJ Pollock. Oh, AJ Pollock Pollock and and Reese Hoskins right after that. Sure. Um, oh, I have. No, okay, Hos- I was thinking Hoskins as a first. Baseman. Hoskins, I I do rank ahead of Ozuna, but Pollock, I don't. Pollock is actually, in my mind, the worst pick in this round because I I think we're kind of clinging to what's now going to be three years ago, him being this high end player. Last, it, it's not clear to me what anymore he's good at. He didn't hit for average last year. His stolen base pace was way down from that awesome. What was it? Twenty fifteen. Yep. That he had, um, and and even relative to 2015, the the power numbers he provided then in that best case scenario for Pollock that we've seen to this point don't really measure up to today's landscape. The the 20, I think it was, if it was, it, it was like 20 home runs he hit that year. 20 and 39 was his. Yeah, uh, 2015. So the power doesn't measure up. He do, he isn't running as much. The batting average, um, you know, he showed he's not going to just automatically hit 300 every year. He is heading into next year my 16 outfielder. All right. And definitely not worth taking a round and for. And certainly someone you like more in Roto than head-to-head, I think. Yes. All right, round five. Round five. Picks 49 through 60. Jose Abreu, Carlos Martinez, Justin Turner, Dallas Keuchel, Miguel Cabrera, Wilson Contreras, Daniel Murphy, Robinson Cano, Kenley Jansen, Yuenes Cespedes, Andrew Benintendi, and Edwin Encarnacion. Uh, here they are again. Abreu, Carlos Martinez, Justin Turner, Keiko, Cabrera, uh, Miguel Cabrera, Wilson Contreras, Daniel Murphy, Robinson Cano, Kenley Jansen, Yoannis Cespedes, Andrew Benintendi, Edwin Encarnacion. Scott, what's the best pick of round five? Oh, I was hoping you want to go f- to me because you're thinking of Christmas carols with baseball. There's a players. lot. No. There's a lot of risk in this dr- in this round, both yeah. on both sides of the aging curve. I would say. I I like this. Round. I think Daniel Murphy was the best pick, and I know I made it, so <laughs> that's that's <laughs> why it was un- uncomfortable. No, I didn't pick Severino uh, last yeah, round. Chris put did. it in his head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was stunned Murphy fell this far, and I know he he did have a uh, surgery at the start of the off season that uh, might impact his availability for the start of spring training. My guess is that has to be the reason everyone allowed him to fall I, that I far. I feel like I didn't see him in the draft room. I feel like I missed him, which seems but, I mean, weird this, because he was he, he was, was a high second pick last second year. third round last pick last yeah. year. because when he got drafted, I was like, "What the hell? What was I thinking? How did I not take Daniel Murphy?" Before? Yeah, so second base is a middle heavy position. Altuve, 
that's kind of part of the reason why he's my number two overall choice in drafts. And then you have Jose Ramirez. Daniel Murphy's my third best second baseman, and he's one of only four, Brian Dozier being the other, who I think can have an, uh, an elite season. So, yeah, happy to get him in round five for sure. Chris, what's the worst pick of round five? Hmm. In this format, it's probably Kenley Jansen. Um, I just think it's too early in a head-to-head points league to take a reliever. In a roto league, I think Kenley Jansen there is relatively fine. Um, I'm a little afraid of Cespedes. You definitely have yep. to be. But, uh, but he does have great upside. We know that. Yes, he has Marcelo Zuna upside. His per-game production just this past year, though, obviously he missed a lot of time with injury, but I'm citing per-game production. It was pretty underwhelming. I think he was playing hurt, though, wasn't he? Yeah. But he's he always playing. He's playing hurt a lot, Cespedes. Part those, of that time. Those hamstrings are very large. There's a lot of room for them to get hurt. He, but, uh, he bulked up too much. They talked about <laughs> He did. Remember, didn't he come to the offseason, and he was all driving his fancy cars, and he got, like, super <laughs> bulk? I think they said, like, you know, they wanted a different body type from Cespedes. You know who was better than Cespedes in 2017 and who I would rather have than him, at least in this format, in 2018? Tommy Pham? Jay Bruce. Oh, Jay I rank Bruce. ahead of Cespedes, which isn't to say Jay Bruce needs to be taken here, but uh, I'm not anywhere close to thinking about Cespedes at this point in the draft. All Jay right. Bruce was taken much later, too. Yeah, yep. he was a good pick. Round six is coming up. Here's round six, pick 61 through 72. Jonathan Scope, Jake Arietta. D. Gordon, Joey Gallo, Aroldis Chapman, Elvis Andrews, Sonny Gray, Matt Carpenter, Andrew McCutcheon, Alex Wood, Starling Marte, and Chris Taylor. Uh, we've got Chris. I'm going to go to you here. Jonathan Scope, Jake Arrieta, D. Gordon, Joey Gallo, Aroldis Chapman, Elvis Andrews, Sonny Gray, Matt Carpenter, Andrew McCutcheon, Alex Wood, Starling Marte, and Chris Taylor. Chris, what's the best pick? Can I pull a Scott? Go ahead. With you. Go I, I think my Matt Carpenter pick, 68 overall. Uh, I, I really think that's the best pick of the, the, the round, especially in this format because his plate discipline is so good. He had a down year, but he, he walks so much. He hits for power. Um, and I just think he's due for a bounce back. And getting him in the sixth round, I was very happy with. Did, I'm just, what's has his, Carlos Santana gone yet? He... He went in the very next round. What's his eligibility? Only first. Yeah, base? well, that's that's why I was bringing it up because he, you know, we're we're in kind of uncharted territory here with Carpenter being first base only. Mm-hmm. Now that could change pretty early on. It it just depends. I I don't know. I don't think the Cardinals know exactly how they're going to employ him yet next year. But uh, if he is only first baseman eligible, I would rather have Santana in that scenario. Um, That's fair. I'd rather have Hosmer, I think, in that scenario. So, but Carpenter, I mean, he's so good. He he was so good. What happened last year? I mean, the big thing, honestly, his Babbitt fell thirty points. That's kind of the main thing because if you look at his batted ball data, hard hit rate was basically identical. It was actually slightly up. He hit a few more fly balls that can cut into your Babbitt for sure. Hit fewer line drives, so. There's some concern there, but if he had a 300 Babbitt last season, he hits 270, and I don't think anybody's disappointed in him. At the same time, we made excuses for him at the end of 2016 because he had the oblique injury, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I thought that was because he was great before that. And I yeah. thought, like MVP caliber, good. Right, I but I, I and I thought it was just the injury. It must just be the injury. But, I mean, I just need him to be 2016 good. 
overall. I don't need right. him to be 2016 pre-oblique injury. I just need him to be 270, 890 OPS, and all of a sudden, that's a steal in the sixth the, round. The same thing that happened to Miguel Cabrera last year happened to Carpenter, where the batted ball data looks great, but mm-hmm. for some reason, he just didn't. It, it didn't measure up. Now, Cabrera was fighting through some injuries. Maybe Carpenter was, too. And maybe he will continue to at yeah. his age. He's 32, yeah. Um, but... Uh, you know, there, I, there's there's obviously some chance he bounces back in a significant way. What's the worst pick? I know where you're going with, Scott. <sighs> this was a horrible round. <laughs> I, I think this is when people's, you know, incomplete rankings at this stage of the offseason really began to show because I could go a bunch of different directions here. Don't love Alex Wood. Don't love Chris Taylor. Um, you're going Gallo, though. But, yeah, Joey Gallo, early round six in a points league with all his strikeouts. There is no justification for it. I mean, in this format, I rank Josh Bell higher, Justin Bohr, Matt Olson, Will Myers, Ryan Zimmerman, Justin Sm- Like, it's it, and and you know, I I don't think Joey Gallo's worthless or anything in this format. Obviously, he hits a ton of home runs, and he, he, he made some adjustments in the second half last year, not selling out so much for home runs that allowed him to hit like two thirty in the second half, which. Is a big win for Joey Gallo hitting 230. He does that over a full season, and, you know, he might be worth like a 10th or 11th round pick in this format, but round six, no way. Let's look at the pitchers in this round. I took Arietta, and then Alex Wood went. Oh, uh, no, Sonny Gray went. I also didn't really like that pick, and then Alex Wood went. Uh, you know, and then there's actually a guy who goes with the next pick, the first pick of round seven, Masahiro Tanaka. I might like better than. Than even Arietta. I like the pitchers in the the next round more than I like them in this round. Yeah. All right. So then let's go on to the next round. It's Tanaka, Kimbrel, David Price, Paxton, Nola, Carlos Santana, Tommy Pham, Justin Upton, Zach Godley, Jose Quintana, Mike Mustakas, and Garrett Cole. A lot of pitchers coming off the board. So again, here's the here's the round. What are we? Round seven. Uh, Tanaka, Kimbrel, Price, Paxton. Nola, Carlos Santana, Pham Upton, Zach Godley, Jose Quintana, Mike Moustakas, and Garrett Cole. Uh, all right. Before we get to the best pick and the worst pick, all right, what's your overall thought, Chris, on the, on the pitchers here? What, I, what I prefer about the pitchers taken in this round to the previous round is I just think the guys in this round, there are, there are pitchers with ace upside in this round, specifically James Paxton and Aaron Nola, who have, just haven't reached it mostly because of injuries. Uh, I prefer them. I might prefer them to all three of the guys taken in the previous round, um, just because I'm going to be chasing upside. And yeah, I should. I don't think Jake Arrieta has the upside at this point, especially not in this format. He's not going to pitch a ton of innings at this at this point in his career. I don't think. I mean, we'll see if he goes to a different team, but he just wasn't very efficient uh, last year, and that's never been. Um, that hasn't been a calling card for him in a couple of years. I think you're selling Sonny Gray a little short when you say you'd take all of these pitchers over the ones in the previous round. I mean, Sonny Gray... Um, He's really interesting to me. ...revolutionized his, himself. <laughs> I don't know. He, he completely transformed himself. That's probably a better word. Last year, swinging strike rate was far and away the best of his career and one of the best in all of baseball, and yet he was still an extreme ground ball pitcher. Great combination, ace combination, and to me... The durability, he gets a lot of points for that over somebody like Paxton. But who, he doesn't go deep into you're, games, you're, right? You're crossing your finger. Gray? Yeah, I think he was like six innings every time out. 
It's extremely frustrating. Well, he... I'll go ahead and look. You want to well, finish yeah, the point? Yeah, I mean... He, but he at least has a couple 200 seasons and 200 inning seasons in his past. Paxton, right. you're just crossing your fingers. He gives you 160, which is what Gray did last <laughs> that, year. That's the guy that could that could jump in that top three Cy Young conversation, though. Paxton, like if if he can ever clear that hurdle with the durability, um, I think he's deep enough into his career that it's reasonable to wonder if he ever will. Fair. Okay. Uh, so Scott, what's the best pick of round seven? The best pick of round seven, I like a lot of the pitchers. Um, Wait, you know what? Time out. Okay. Why, why don't you like Alex Wood in round six, end of round six? Did you see what he did in the second half? Uh, it seemed like he regressed. <laughs> to yes, the, he did, and he lost, he lost velocity. Yep. His stuff wasn't as effective, and he has durability issues on top of it. So Alex Wood is uh, only my number 30 pitcher going into next year. And, uh, you know, there are, there are some that are even going to go in round eight or round nine that I have ahead of Alex Wood. All right, so then let's go to the round seven then. Tanaka, Kimbrell, Price, Paxton, Nola, Santana, Pham, Upton, Godley, Quintana, Mustakas, Cole. Now that you've had some time to think about it, what's the be- Ooh, I like that face. He hates round seven. <laughs> no, I don't hate round seven. I, there's a lot... You just don't want to say Tommy Pham. I don't want to say Tommy Pham. <laughs> you don't want to say your pick. I don't want to say Tommy Pham. Tommy Pham is a really I don't, good I don't pick. Think Tom, but I don't think Tommy Pham's the best pick here, and, and I'll tell okay. you why. Tell because me why Scott not. picked him, first of all, and <laughs> screw that guy. And second of all, as good as he was last year, we're going off a three-and-a-half, four-month sample size, basically. Um, now, there are reasons for that. He seems to have figured out the uh, the vision issues that he's had in the past, but if those crop up again, we're looking at a guy who is going to the minors, or is just a bench guy who can't play every day. We've seen him for a while. This is a guy who's what three or four years into his career. Yeah. Um, good plate discipline, good sure, power, no. if good he, speed. If he, he if, averaged more head to head points per game last year than Cody Bellinger and uh, and Marcelo Zuna, I mean, there, there's no question. It, it's just. We've seen the type of player there. There are. Uh, I did this for my bust column last year. I kind of tried to find archetypes of players who bust: young guys who don't have a track record, older guys, guys who we just ignore warning signs for. And one of them is just guys who just come out of nowhere. That doesn't mean they all bust, but there are guys, and I think we all agree that like Whit Merrifield will be one of these guys, or Chris Taylor. He's- He's more out of nowhere than Pham, though. I mean, Pham had a lot of injuries that set him back. He had the vision issue that set him sure. back. But you can go back years and see about prospect evaluators comparing him to Eric Davis. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a total but shock the, that he finally put it together. Maybe a but, shock that he got the chance to put it together. But the track record was out of nowhere. Okay. Yeah. Uh, fair enough. All right. It, so who, me, it was, so just, who is it the, was the last outfielder before the big drop-off there. The last potentially great outfielder was Pham. And you know I like to to draft players before a big drop off. Sure. Uh, who's the best player then, Chris? All we know that is that it's not Tommy Pham. It's Aaron Nola. No, um, <laughs> tough guy. I don't know who the best pick in this round is. Carlos Santana might be just because it's good value for him. He's probably underrated. Yeah, good, good luck. You, you just don't draft Carlos Santana. Just buy low in June. Sure. <laughs> 
But you sell Salvador, trade Salvador Perez for Carlos Santana around June, and you'll be in good shape. <laughs> yeah, this is around that. Like, I just I think it's fine. There's uh, not any picks that like I love. So that, I, I was I was glad to see Zach Godley go here because I felt like I was on Godley Island and and I could wait another round to draft him. But uh, Lord Michaels swooped in. That's and another took guy. Me. That's another guy. All the signs point in the right direction, but came out of nowhere. Uh, all right, so... Let's just hope they're not a Ledmus Diaz, you know? If we weren't sure who we love there, let me tell you something I love. And and Scott can tell you himself, because I, I would tell Scott to get his wife some some flowers from, pro, from proflowers.com, but he already did. Isn't that right, Scott? Your I wife, did, uh, and she, she loved them. It was, uh, I think it was a dozen roses, red and white, so kind of like a, a Christmas theme going on there. Goes great with our decor right now. Nice. And she's been... Uh, they've. You know, we're we're about a week into that, and they're still going strong. So, awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the Pro Flowers, they're, they're guaranteed to stay fresh, uh, and you control the delivery date. So it can make it very convenient for you, and I really recommend it. So here's what to do. You go to proflowers.com and take a look on there. they got so many options, and it's a really beautiful thing that you can send to somebody for the holidays. Uh, they're best-selling selling candy cane roses, which are probably what Scott got. Uh, you can get them right now for December, for a birthday, for an anniversary, or obviously for the holidays. 20% off any Pro Flowers bouquet or plant of $29 or more if you go to proflowers.com and you use the code ANS. Adam Nancy Scott. ANS. That's the promo code on proflowers.com. Uh, again, guaranteed to stay fresh. They're really nice. My wife loved them. All of our wives have gotten Pro Flowers from us, and all of them have been very happy with the results. So, again, go to, go to proflowers.com and use the promo code ANS, Adam, Nancy, Scott, ANS, 20% off all bouquets of $29 or more this holiday season. Proflowers.com, and the code is ANS. Got, Adam. Yeah. Can I? Yes, Nancy. I got, I got yes, two Yes, Nancy. More. Go ahead. Uh, jingle all the Wainwright. <laughs> yes. That's good. And the Matt Holiday. The bat holiday? Yeah, the holiday. What's the holiday? You never it's seen the holiday? Clive Owen, Jack Black, it's a, Kate uh, Winslet. It's a good Christmas movie. Christmas themed chick flick, right? Is it a Christmas movie or is it just Christmas themed like Die uh, I I don't. It takes I don't place think it during Christmas. Christmas. Okay, and it takes place during. Christmas. I think all three of us in this room don't think Die Hard's a Christmas movie. I do. You do. All right. That's why you're Nancy. Do you think Gremlins is a Christmas movie? I, I get asked it all the time. I have no recollection. I haven't seen Gremlins since I, I, I was a kid. I, I didn't see Gremlins as a kid, but I saw it about five, four or five years ago. Could totally happen any time of year. It could be a kid's birthday present instead of Christmas present. It would be the same story. Is it a good movie? No. I didn't, I didn't love it. It was, it was a little, doesn't a little, translate. little slow. Interesting. Yeah, for, for what should have been fast-paced, it was not. Um. All right. So let's go. I think we go back to the draft now. I got my Christmas tree up. You got to get a Christmas tree up yet? All yes. De- all decorated. Yeah. I don't know if we're doing a Christmas tree this year. Pretty, we might get a small lame. one for the table. Okay. I would get but a Christmas tree. Just look. We were talking about it before the show. We have cats. Mm, oh, my cat threw yeah. up on the tree skirt. Yeah. Yesterday. My cat <laughs> likes to destroy <laughs> ornaments, and at least she doesn't sleep in the tree because that would be a problem. Oh, that would be weird. All right. Round eight. <laughs> Round eight, we'll have to go faster, guys. I knew we weren't going to get to every round. but uh, Christian Yelich, Salvador Perez, Domingo Santana, Kyle Hendricks, Eric Hosmer, John Lester, Whit W. Hit Merrifield, Xander Bogarts, Jake Lamb, Jay Bruce, Ryan Braun, and Marcus Stroman. 
Yelich, Perez, Salvador Perez, Domingo Santana, Kyle Hendricks, Hosmer, Lester, Merrifield, Bogarts, Lamb, Bruce, Ryan Braun, and Marcus Stroman. Who wants best? Any volunteers? Marcus Stroman. All right. Last pick of the round, 96 overall. I love what Al Melchior has done with his last two picks, 24 picks apart, Masahiro Tanaka and Marcus Stroman. I Marcus Stroman, you talk about a guy who goes six, seven innings every time out, 200 innings two years in a row. Um, I just the – only, the only injury track record he has is the, the knee injury, which isn't really a big concern doesn't necessarily have the huge ace upside because he doesn't get the strikeouts, but he was 309 ERA last year. Hopefully could win more than 13 games, but that's always a crapshoot. But in this format, 200 innings two years in a row, that's rare. What about the order of pitchers in this round? How would you guys rank them? Hendricks, Lester, Stroman. Lester, Stroman, Hendricks. Yes. That's how I rank them. And Hendricks is fairly distant third for me. So he's one of the bad picks. He is one of the bad picks, um, and my eyes didn't immediately go to him. Um, they went to it, Domingo it was, Santana, didn't well, they? Well, immediately they did go to Domingo Santana, and I do think Yelich, who is my number um, in this format, Yelich is 14th yeah, for me. Yeah, a pretty good pick, 85th yeah. overall. And, and Domingo Santana is 34th for me. <laughs> oh. But, I mean, I, I get the Domingo Santana hype. He was one of the best hitters in terms of – hard contact rate on fan graphs and, and line drive rate. And that's that's how you overcome a high strikeout rate and produce a high BABIP. And the power, you know, the, you don't really doubt and the power. There's just a few outfielders who would have taken ahead of Santana. The the pick that I think is just plain bad is is Jake Lamb. because Yeah, and you know what? We have Polanco like six picks after Lamb into round nine. And they both are so bad against lefties mm-hmm. that I wonder... I. This okay, is two years, I know is two you, years you make in a row now. Lamb's completely tanked in the second yeah. half after a hot start. Um, but and, the and overall numbers the, are good, though. The aren't overall they? numbers are good. Yeah, in terms of points per game, Jake Lamb was better than than Mike Moustakis and Alex Bregman. Um, so, but the problem is, if he continues to struggle against lefties to the degree he has. So bad. And it even happened down the stretch last season. He was sitting against left handed pitchers, and, and that's. You can't really measure a player by points per game if he's sitting, you know, once or twice a week with that frequency. I, we may already be to the point where Lamb's a platoon player. So to me, he's not a top twelve third baseman in this format, and I don't think I'd go there even in a in a categories league. Scott, I, I got to put you on the spot here. Okay, you were you were crowing, throwing a parade, <laughs> talking about how you're the smartest person in America because you took. T- 29-year-old Tommy Pham in the seventh round, and uh-huh. then you're going to turn around and poo-poo 25-year-old Tommy Pham in the eighth round? Oh, you're talking about Santana? Yeah, I mean, we're, he strikes out more, sure. But the walk rate, not dissimilar. The ability to hit for power and steal bases, also there. Domingo Santana, better, stronger pedigree than Tommy Pham. This guy, mm-hmm. back in his Houston mm-hmm. days, was a, was a legitimate prospect. Nobody was calling him Eric Davis. I don't like, – who were these people nine – maybe nine years ago people were calling Tommy <laughs> Pham? John Sickles, like Tommy I saw Pham, from him specifically. Tommy Pham is going to turn 30, like, yeah. soon. He is. And, but, like, I, as someone who's about to turn well, 30, look, Domingo that basically Santana didn't come close to matching Pham's production last year. It was a – so Pham was – The only difference is strikeouts, though. 
Is that the only difference? I think stolen so. bases are they really that close? Eight, ten. There's a ten stolen base difference, but Domingo Santana <laughs> hit seven more home runs. Sam was three point six three points per game last year. Domingo Santana was three point oh one, and I think Santana is a okay. fine upside pick in the middle rounds. But I don't think we're to the point yet where you need to be targeting him. I just I I think they both carry similar amounts of of risk and upside. I don't know if anybody specifically said that Domingo Santana was the next Eric Davis, but I'm old <laughs> enough to remember when Cameron Mabin was the next yeah. uh, Eric Davis. So I don't know how much to put in that, but this was a was a legitimate prospect in Houston who just never really got the opportunity consistently to play. Um, I, I'm not saying I love the Domingo Santana pick, but it's more I wouldn't there, – there is upside there. All right, let's go to round nine. <clears throat> Picks 97 through 108 in this 12-team league. Matt Olson. Here's just something incredible about Matt Olson. In his final 13 games, Matt Olson had 10 hits. Eight of them were home runs. I've never seen anything like that before. Uh, so Matt Olson is first pick of round nine. Johnny Cueto, Gregory Polanco, Luis Castillo. Oh, are you seeing this, guys? Four what? picks in a row whose names end with O. So Olsen, <laughs> then Cueto, Polanco, Castillo, Sano. Wow. Canabolo, Duffy, uh, McCullers, Brandon Belt, Seeger, uh, Kyle, Kyle Seeger. Brad Peacock, first Sparp, and Didi Gregorius. Uh, Matt Olsen, Johnny Cueto, Gregory Polanco, Ca- Luis Castillo, Miguel Sano, Corey Canable, Denny Duffy, Lance McCullers, Brandon Belt, Kyle Seeger, Brad Peacock, Didi Gregorius. I just can't make sense of the Gregory Polanco pick. Yeah, even I can't. I know there is theoretical upside, and maybe the the light switch comes on. I don't think it's theoretical. I mean, I think he sh- I think he showed it. I think he showed it in 2016. He, he showed he it for hurt. like two months. Yeah, he um, did. It's a, it's a it's a lot. I was fooled. But you know, it's it's kind of a poor man's Christian Yelich profile, but not discounting it enough. Can you be this bad? It's really something to keep in mind. Can you be this bad against lefties? Now, he wasn't bad against lefties. He wasn't good against lefties, but he was respectable against lefties in 2016, Polanco. He batted 245. He slugged 469. It's actually not bad at all. But 2017, he had 231. He slugged 308. 591 OPS for his career against lefties yeah. seems like the more relevant than the 2016. Yeah. Although, you. yeah, so I don't know that you can be that bad against lefties and and be good. It's tough. But he was he was hurt right at the beginning of the year, right last year. Wasn't he dealing with something like in spring training? The problem is he's just I not so. hitting the ball hard enough, and it's been getting worse every year yeah. when you'd expect it a player with his age and pedigree you'd expect it to get better. I mean his his hard contact rate according on on Fangraphs got to be one of the lowest among all hitters, 25.9 hard contact rate. Um, yeah. but, but he's among, not even the worst pick of the round. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Belt is the worst pick of the round. Unless and I don't know. I'm going to What are the chances what are the chances? No, he's locked in for a while. Yeah. What are the chances Brandon Belt gets to play in literally any other park in baseball? Yeah, Brandon Belt is Brandon a, Belt gets to pick first base in the ninth round. He's he's a waiver wire guy. There, there are league. a lot of first basemen I'd rather have than Belt. But Belt averaged 301 
in this format last year, and Polanco averaged 219. I mean, it's not even yeah, but, close. Yeah, but at least Polanco was last year. upside, in my, in my opinion. No, well, I mean, 301 is not a bad... Now, he missed a lot of time. Belt did with the concussion at you the end of the year. You know you're not drafting. kind of carryover effect. <laughs> you know no, you're not drafting Brandon Belt. I'm not. Well, 21 neither, rounds are not drafting Neither are him. good picks. I'm just saying I don't know that I can objectively say Belt's the worst pick here of the two. Okay. That's, I mean, that's fair. I just wanted to be dramatic. <laughs> I do think it's worse. Okay. But... Uh, it's not a it's not a slam dunk. What's the best pick of this round? Uh, well, I mean, Luis Castillo, I I like a lot. I actually rank one spot ahead of Brad Peacock. But considering you got Brad Peacock, Adam, at the end of the oh, round, finally I get some do when, here. When Castillo when Castillo went at the beginning of the round pick. and the format, the the fact that Peacock's relief pitcher eligibility is is uh, going to you know, it's actually valuable in this format. It's being able to start him instead of a closer where, you know, if Peacock is as good as he was last year, that's going to mean big points every week. Um, I think it was a great these, pick. Though. It, it is a big F. It's another one. Just yeah, oh, it is. Big F. Never because, done it before. But, we're up, right. but once you've reached 100 picks, sure. you know, there aren't that many short and things. Lu- and Luis point. Castillo is someone that last season kind of came out of nowhere. You know, the Marlins traded him for Dan Straley, and he was considered... You know, not exactly a great prospect in the Marlins system, which is like I'm the 37th <laughs> best prospect in the Marlins system right now. By the way, I see there's a sporting news article that came out this morning. Derek Jeter's short time as Marlins exec has eroded his baseball reputation. So I, I will be bookmarking that to read soon. Uh, all right, so uh, it's about Peacock, gift baskets. This is a pretty risky round here. What do you think about Matt Olson, 97th overall? I don't mind it. There are a few first basemen I have ranked ahead of him, but it's 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 kind of like legacy rankings, I guess. It's it's guys like Ryan Zimmerman and Will Myers who weren't definitively better than Matt Olson last year. I, they've just kind of earned more more cred than Olson has to this point. I mean, Olson as a power hitter, there's a lot to get excited about there. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of home runs for him. All right, and then we'll finish. We'll do one more round and then read some emails. Round 10, Nick Castellanos. I will never – there are two things I won't do as, as a fantasy like host slash sort of analyst. I will never call Ben – Benjamin Watson. I will always call him Ben. I will never call him Benjamin. And I will never call Castellanos Nicholas. He will always be Nick. <laughs> Nicholas. I just refuse. <laughs> Nick Castellanos, Luke Weaver, Cody Allen, DJ LeMahieu, Michael Fulmer, Travis Shaw – Trevor Story, Danny Salazar, Greg Bird, Taiwan Walker, Jose Barrios, and Marwin Gonzalez. So it's getting interesting here. Castellanos, Luke Weaver, Cody Allen, DJ LeMahieu, Michael Fulmer, Travis Shaw, Trevor Story, Danny Salazar, Greg Bird, Taiwan Walker, Jose Barrios, and Marwin Gonzalez. Can I, can I start with the worst one? Let me think if I can see. Let me, it, let me see it, if I can guess who you're going to pick. It 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 caused me to comment in the the message or in the chat room as we were drafting, which you know I I don't like to call out people's picks. These are all experts. Like it's got to be. It's I mean, I, be, I know which one. I. It's got to be. You guys Marwin can probably Gonzalez. guess which no, one. No, no, it's got to be Michael. Fulmer. I actually like Marwin more than Chris Taylor, who went a few rounds earlier. You guys um, can probably guess which one I'm picking for worst. Yeah, Salazar, Greg Bird. You're wrong. You are wrong. You need to get on it right now, Scott. Get on the Greg Bird train. At the height of Bird Mania last spring, he was not going in round 10. Uh, I like him better, much better than Brandon Bell. If we take what, 
And I hope I have the stat here since I started saying it. Okay, yeah, if we just take August 26th on, good bird last year. Bird back from all his his leg issues and, and you know, hit a bunch of home runs to end the season. Just August 26th on. He was only 303 fantasy points per game, 3.03. When it, Brandon Belt was 3.01, like I said. I mean, 303 is less than Justin Smoke. It's less than Justin He's gotta Moore. He's got to be better. He's it's less be than better. Marwin Gonzalez. Well, what was he in 2015? Probably, like, uh, not that much. Probably, like, pretty good, but not not Matt Olson good. No, not Matt Olson good. I, yeah, I, I mean, think he's going to have a big year. I, I he think, might have a big year in the relative sense, but I, I no, don't like think No, like a legit big year. Like, he's a breakout. All right, but here's the thing. You're, you're paying for upside. You're not at 117. The downside risk is what it is, but... You're not factoring in downside. There. I don't think there's all that much downside because he walks so much. I don't know. With Ryan Zimmerman He's, still on the board. He has a 316 career on base percentage in 94 games. Like he hasn't walked. batting average? He hasn't walked that much He's in struck the out a ton. There, it's He's still got not, 38 walks in 94 games. I don't think it's, it's crystal no, clear it's still good. he's going to play every day. He, oh, I, that, uh, no, I disagree. You I think, think there's, there's no chance they bring in... You know, Tyler Austin or whatever steals at bats from him against lefties. Well, it's a new manager. All I know is Joe Girardi said a lot. Greg Bird hits lefties. We don't take him out of the lineup against lefties. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it would have been nice if uh, Joe Girardi had stuck around there. <laughs> yes. Instead, so, you got the wild card, Aaron Boone. I think he feels a little bit like Didi Gregorius to me, where <laughs> people just really seem to. Th- think that Greg Bird is a lot better than his numbers, and they've said he was a, the best prospect in their system at one point. So ne- it's now or never. Like, it's now or never for Bird. Well, it's this no, year. it doesn't have to be round nine. That doesn't have to be the now. I, I, you round, know, well, we're in round 10, and that was like the end Greg, of round Greg 10. Greg Bird is the sleeper in round 19. Fine, so I can get on board with that. Round nine, you're right. still building hey, the stop foundation saying round of nine. It's round 10. Hold on. Round 10, I'm sorry. But you're Whatever. still, like, it is, it is a he right. was still taken ahead of Yon Mankata. Who, if we're talking about a prospect, yeah, right, Yoan Mankata was a much better prospect. He went ahead of... And where yeah. did Mankata go? Mankata also had a very strong finish to the season. He went round like 11. Like six picks later. Yeah, um, all right. No, that's, that's totally fair. My, my pick, Tywin Walker. I just Worst pick? He, he's not good. So who's the best pick of this round? I'm just going to go ahead and say I think it was Scott's pick, Travis Shaw. Yeah. Like, everybody's completely overlooking Shaw, although he did you know, this slump pretty badly at the end. This, well, he did. Um, and that's kind of why I rank one of the reasons why I rank Mustakas ahead of him. But he was still Shaw was three point three one fantasy points per game last year, and H- it t- was just it was just a moment like this was the part of the draft where the remaining infielders were so much more interesting than outfielders. So a guy like Shaw fell probably two rounds further than he should have. I drafted him a third baseman to fill my utility spot, which is not traditionally how you use a utility spot, but it was just like. And and here's I, I the thing. It, Travis Shaw's another one of those guys that if he just does what he did last year, he's a good value at this oh, spot. Yeah. Like yeah. Mike Nicholas Castellanos, who I really like, went ahead of him. And just, you're hoping that Castellanos <laughs> has 2016 Travis Shaw's season. This was a terrible round. Castellanos, I like the pitching here. Weaver, Cody Allen, Mayhew. I, I, I really Fulmer. like the starting pitching in this Fulmer, round. Fulmer, Danny Salazar. But you hate Taiwan Walker. And Barrios? That's the one I don't like is Tywin Walker. You but like the pitching here? Oh, Barrios, Salazar, Fulmer, and Weaver. I like the upside with that group. Okay. I think any one of those guys could make a, I don't want to say a Luis Severino jump, but a big jump into the top 20. Who's your favorite? 
Uh, Danny Salazar, the guy I picked. You like him better than Weaver, the guy I picked? I mean... Scott, I know you like Weaver better. I do like Weaver better, yes. But you hate Danny Salazar. Look, pitch for, <laughs> that's why I knew pitch for Weaver pitch. Better. Danny Salazar probably has more upside than Luke Weaver, but I, I just, I just don't think that's all you can measure. Particularly when you're still this is this is probably what people are drafting their number three starters yeah, right this here. Is my number three. Yeah, that's that's too big of a risk for me with my number three starter. I think that was my number five. I mean, but I had Peacock, so it might be my number four. I have Weaver forty-one and Salazar fifty-six to put it in. To put it in those terms. Then let's put it in these terms. Email terms. Whatever that means. Fantasy baseball at CBSI.com. King of the Segway. This is from Clay. Our league has winter meetings coming up this weekend. I think that's very funny, by the way. And one of the topics up for discussion is expanding the league from 10 to 12 teams. What do we do about keepers? 10 teams right now are keeping 13. Do we redraft? Or do we, do we protect nine or ten players and the two expansion teams draft from the unprotected players? Yep. Some, yes? Yep. Yeah, that's that's kind of the way expansion go. drafts work. Okay. It's been a long time since we've had one. 97, I think, when the Rays and Diamondbacks mm-hmm. were getting ready to join the league. But if they do this and everybody gets to keep ten, and they then like their next three are available, does that mean that the expansion teams are going to be terrible? They're not going to have any yes, stars? Yes, but that's, that's how it works. The, the Tampa Bay Rays were pretty bad. Can we at least give them, like, the first pick in the draft? They can go out and sign sure. Wade Boggs. Okay. This is from Rosenda. Rosenda. I'm f- I have the fifth pick, and should I pick up Stanton or Trout if available, or should I go with an ace pitcher? I won my league with pitching. So I'm just going to say, if, you have, if Trout is there, he won't be, but if he is, that's the obvious <laughs> yeah. pick. Mm. But at fifth overall, do you guys consider an ace? Uh, I don't know exactly the scoring format. Standard CBS scoring in a points league. Um, I do not rank any pitcher ahead of Stanton, so I would go Stanton. And and really, the pitchers who are head and shoulders above the rest: um, Kershaw, Scherzer, Kluber, and Sale. I mean, none of them are. If you're thinking from a keeper scenario, none of them have like. They're they're all getting up there in age. Uh, it's not a keeper league. Okay, never mind. But the other problem is, if you have the fifth pick, I'm not sure any of them are going to be around for your second pick. Going to be close. Yeah, and, and that this is the spot that I'm in with those ace pitchers. If I want to grab one of those four, uh, I kind of want to grab the last one. Yeah, rather but you than might the not first have a one. choice. Right, but yep. I'm just saying in general, and I, I don't know if the logic there makes sense. It's just kind of like, I would rather be left with one of them than have to pick one of the four just because they're so close. I th- I, and I agree with that. I, and I think Kershaw, just because of his durability issues, um, you know, the gap between him and the other three is much smaller than in years past. It's but, like Greg Oden, Kevin Durant. I don't want exactly. the first. I want just the second me, pick. I'll take the leftovers. Yeah, I'll take I'm, the Durant guy. Look, you, can sure. have, you can have Hakeem and Michael Jordan. <laughs> if, you're, if you're one of the first six picks in a 12-team league, if you're picking in the first half of that first round, which would mean the back half of the second round, you either have to reach for Kershaw early in round one or, or pray just, that Kluber falls. Or just assume you're not going to get one of those four. Yeah, yeah like it's a tough choice to make, but we would we would probably go with the hitter route. Yeah. Uh, this is from TJ. Hey, Adam, and one of Scott, Heath, or Chris. Treat, Heathcrot. He's trying to come up with a That sounds like a Sherlock Holmes name. He, 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 Heathcrot. Heathcrot. Yeah, I don't know. Um, 
Wowings also could work. W-H-O-W-I-N-G-S. That could work. Wowings. Uh, head-to-head categories league with eight. <laughs> it doesn't work. Chris is shaking his head. White Towers coming. Yeah, no, I get it. It's just, no. Uh, okay, am I stupid here? Oh, holds. holds. <laughs> Loaded question. All right, I play in a head-to-head categories league with holds. I can keep 15 players for as long as I want. So he's got given us who he's keeping, but he wants to know five of these, and he'd like to keep at least two closers. Okay. So the closers are Ken Giles, Roberto Osuna, Knable, and Davinsky, or the relievers. Uh, the batters are Pollock, Polanco, Acuna, Pham, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Ian Happ, Willie Calhoun, Matt Olson, and the starting pitchers are Paxton, Rodon, and Snell. I sent you the notes. Oh, this is in, this is actually in the notes. Yeah, 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 one of the emails you sent earlier wasn't in the notes. Yes. Uh, all right. Here, here's one thing that I will say. Uh, he's got Will Myers listed on the planning to definitely keep. Take Will Myers out of there. You're definitely not planning to keep Will Myers. He's fine, but you. There are there are probably six better players. I would rather then keep. Let's it. get six better players. Let's get two closers for him. Uh, Knable. Knable and Knable and I'm going to say Ozuna. I, I rank Giles ahead for next year, but Ozuna seems less combustible. Let's so. throw James Paxton in there. Uh, I agree. I don't think I can go with Rodon or Snell. There are just too many question marks. But if you want to, I think they both have plenty of upside. Tommy Pham. Tommy Pham. That's four. We need two Ronald more. Acuna for sure. Five. And the question is: Would you rather have someone who's established but older, AJ Pollock? established but not very good, but maybe he will be, Gregory Polanco. Established, sort of, but doesn't have as much upside as a prospect, which is Matt Olson, or Vladimir Guerrero, who could be a, yeah, you know, one of the best players of his generation. Acuna is the best prospect in baseball right now. Guerrero might be the second best. Yeah. So I think, I think I personally would go Guerrero as my last keeper there over Olson. But there's Pollock. a pretty good chance he doesn't help you that much this year. I can live with that. All right, let's finish up, guys. Uh, from Greg, I have a chance to trade Chris Archer or Robbie Ray for Christian Yelich. What makes the most sense in a keeper league? Hmm. <laughs> I, I think it just depends on what you need. If you really want Yelich, I think I'd probably rather... Is it crazy to say I'd rather have Ray than Archer at this point? It's not crazy. Um, and I think I rank Ray ahead for next year, but, I mean, Archer... Archer's cleared that innings threshold. That mm-hmm. it's an upside it's, it's versus safety for any pitcher at this stage. So I, I think long term perspective, I'd rather have Archer than Ray. I think I'd rather have the two pitchers than Yelich, though. I was thinking that too. Yeah, Yelich might be a little easier to replace. That's it for today's show. Thank you, everybody. Well, we got through ten rounds now. Uh, I think we'll maybe just talk about good late round picks or something next week. But everybody, enjoy the week. We will talk to you next Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or Monday or Friday, but we'll do it sometime next week. Definitely one of those weekdays. <laughs> and we will uh, we'll talk to you then. For Scott and Chris, I'm Adam, and we are out of here. Oh,